Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Welcome to another Friday episode. It's in our series about world religions. Last week on the show, well, let me rephrase that. Today, we released two episodes today. You can hear them both whenever you want. Another show that released today had Doug uh, Grutus. I still am not 100% sure if I'm saying his name right now, but we'll just call him Doug. He was great. I want you to go listen to that show because he released a book just recently all about world religions and a little compact kind of preview into world religions that if you're interested, I suggest highly suggest that you get it. Well, today, my friend Preston Perry is sitting down with us on the show and When I saw Doug's book and I knew I wanted to talk to him about it, I immediately knew I also wanted to talk to Preston Perry. Preston is a lot of things. He's husband to my friend Jackie, friend of the show. You guys love her here, Jackie Hill Perry. Husband to Jackie. They have four kids. He's a poet. He's an apologist, and he explains that today on the show. He's an author. He hints, I think he talks about today on the show, he has a book coming out next year. So it seems kind of far away, but you want to make a a little mental note of that. And him and his wife, Jackie, have a podcast, which I highly recommend, called With the Perrys. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. I want to just talk with Preston about what it looks like for us to interact and have conversations with people who think differently than us about faith issues. Uh, Preston does that so well, and I admire him from afar and how he does that and definitely see that he has a gift of evangelism and apologetics and everything that goes along with that. And so you're going to really love that conversation today. You guys, it's Friday night, which means we have Friday night football If you live in an area that loves football the way we love football, I hope you have a a fun game today. And tomorrow, my Texas Longhorns will be heading over to Alabama. Well, they're probably already there today, but they will be playing tomorrow night, and so I'll be cheering the horns on then. You guys, if you have missed any of our shows recently, I'm going to tell you, you do not want to miss them. The very last show of August was with Tadashi, and Tadashi is a recording artist, um, teacher, preacher, all kinds of things. But him and his wife have walked through some some great suffering over the last couple of years. And we have a, a, a raw, vulnerable conversation about that that left me um, pretty rattled and hopeful all at the same time. So go back and listen to that conversation with Tadashi. 
And then just this week on Wednesday, Esau McCauley was back on the show. Esau has been here before. He is one of my favorite guests to come on the show because I just love having conversations with him. Anyhow, Esau released a book. It actually releases next week. It's called How Far to the Promised Land, One Black Family Story of Hope and Survival in the American South. I read the book this summer. Highly recommend it. It's very memoir-esque, which is my favorite type of books to read. And Esau's just a brilliant writer, and he makes you think really deeply about things. And it's his story. And it's a lot about how he really had to make sense of his complicated legacy in a country that only accepts black men on the condition that they are exceptional, hardworking, and perfect. And he kind of came to terms with all this when he found out that his father had been killed and he was asked to give the eulogy. It is a beautiful, beautiful story. So make sure you listen to that conversation that we had this week and then go check out Esau's book. All right, you guys, here is my second conversation in the series about world religions with my friend Preston Perry. Hey, Preston, welcome back to the happy hour. Jamie, my friend, what's up? Uh, thanks for having me. Last time you were on the happy hour, we talked about a Christmas character. I don't remember who we talked about. Do you remember? Three wise men. The wise men. That's right. That was yeah, fun. I yeah. love that. Well, welcome back to the happy hour. And I'm grateful to have you on this series as we talk about world religions. Listen, when I knew I wanted to do a series about world religions and talk to this professor who that's his job, like to teach about it, I knew, okay, who I really want to talk, no offense to Douglas, but who I really want to talk to is Preston Perry because Preston Perry is uh, for bro. the people. And so I'm glad bro, you're here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on, Jamie. Okay. Introduce yourself to anyone that doesn't know who you are. So my name is Preston Perry. I'm from Southside Chicago. Um, I love Jesus. I'm married to a beautiful wife named Jackie. I have four beautiful kids, uh, three girls and one boy. Um, and yeah, I, I'm a poet. I'm a, a speaker. Um, I'm about to be a first-time author. Uh, and um, I'm an evangelist and so and an apologist. I think those are kind of like all of the titles I have. And so I love spreading the gospel through art and also theology. I love that. Before I knew anything about you, I knew, um, well, I knew your wife first, so I knew you were Jackie's husband, and I also knew that you are an evangelist and an apologist. Is that, did I say that right? Apologist? Yeah, apologist, yes. I want you to start by telling us the difference between those two, because I think that everyone would say like, oh, I know what an evangelist is, but tell us the mm -hmm. difference between those two. I tell people all the time, and, and uh, evangelism is when uh, you go out and you share your faith to a dying world. The moment somebody asks you the right question, you become an apologist. Ooh. <laughs> and so uh, the uh, evangelism is the sharing and the apologetics is having the reason for the, because, um, you know, first Peter 315 says in your hearts, always be prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks you for the hope that is in you. Uh, but yeah, do it with gentleness and respect. And so that's what apologetics come from. It derives from the Greek word apologia, which means make a defense or give a justification or argument for something of why you believe what you believe. And so, um, yeah, I, I think uh, apologetics and evangelism isn't the same thing, but I, I think they definitely hold hands and they're definitely married in that way. And so, oh. um, yeah. I like that. They hold hands and they're married in the same way. So I want you to give us a little bit of background before I ask you the questions I have about how we can be followers of Jesus who are confident and want to share, uh, really give a reason for what we believe with kindness and gentleness. I want to get into that. But I first want to hear from you. When did this become like important to you? And I don't mean like important, like I need to check a box, but this overflows from you. And so how did that happen in your life? 
man. So, you know, um, I think long story short, and I, I just finished my book four days ago. And so I'm not trying to plug the book because it's very premature. But I explained this in my book that when uh, I was led, I was led to the Lord by a man who gave, by, by a man who um, was an evangelist. And so the guy who led me to, to Christ, he was an evangelist. And so basically he took me under his wing, taught me the gospel. And, you know, like in God's sovereignty and his providence, like this guy took me everywhere he went. And so I think I was discipled early on by a guy who would say, man, let's go play basketball in some of the roughest neighborhoods in Chicago just for the sole purpose of, you know, saying, hey, guys, can I pray with y'all? I know that mm-hmm. seems weird, but it's a lot of you know, killing over here. It's a lot of game making over here. Can I just pray with you guys? And then afterwards, he would start to share his faith with like hardened criminals and dudes on the streets. And so like. I think I was discipled under it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I became a Christian, I think it became like second nature for me to give the gospel um, to, to to people. I, you know, I shared my faith because that's what I came up under. But also I think, you know, in God's sovereignty is also how it's made and also, also how, he, how he's created me. And so I think, you know, I think God will use you how he has uniquely created you mm. at the same time. But, you know, and then for me, you know, it wasn't until I, um, my first year of college when I was like, what, 19? Uh, I was given, the, well, I, I saw a guy walking in my class with a Bible and I thought he was a Christian. I was just excited to see uh-huh. you know, another Christian uh, on my campus. And I was like, yo, you're a Christian? He, he looked at me like, mm, yeah. Um, and. I was like, that was kind of weird. I was uh-huh. like, I'm a Christian too. And he stopped to challenge me. Like, how do you know the Christian church has taught you all the right things? And I'm like, why are you challenging me? We're both Christians. And we got into this theological debate and he just completely embarrassed me in front of the whole class. Wow. Um, you know, told me that Jesus isn't God in the flesh, told me all of these things. And I'm like, what? And when he asked me questions, I didn't know how to defend what I believed. I didn't know how to do First Peter 3.15. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, bro, what are you? <laughs> like, yeah. what are you what? And he was like, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And I was like, whoa. And so that's when my disciple began to tell me, like, no, like, you know, the Bible tells us to be be prepared to 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 defend while 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 we you know what we believe. And I was like, okay. Uh, and so after that, I grew a heart for, you know, reaching other people and other faith groups. And so that's kind of how mm. God birthed that in me. Mm. Um Long story short, that's the short version. I love it. The book is the the long version. Well, I can't wait for it. Um, I've always admired you for that. You know, most people that see the Jehovah's Witness coming and they're like, lock the doors, close the curtains. Nobody, nobody act like you're like you're home, and yes. you're like, come on in and have a seat, which is how we should be. And so, I I want to ask you. I think there'd be a lot of people that would say like Preston, like, okay, I know like the basic stuff, and I I know about Jesus, and I believe these things. Do I really need to become what they would say in their mind, like a scholar with all these things? What is your response to why this is a value for us as followers of Jesus to be able to hold yourself like how you were in that classroom? He ate your lunch. You didn't do your job then because you didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. But a lot of people are scared of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I and I think um, yeah, and that's what I want to do. I want to help people unpack this thing. I want to help people understand that God isn't calling us to be a jack of all trades, but, you know, and a master of none. Like he wants us to know what we believe, but we do not have to know the Bible front and back. We don't, we don't have to be, you know, the, the brightest seminary student. God isn't calling us to know a whole bunch of information. God's calling us to 
intimately know him. Mm. And I think the reason why it matters is because um, Matthew 28 tells us to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Greek word for nations is peoples. And I think a lot of times when Christians are thinking about how to engage the world around them, we have this idea that people in other religions don't are not included in the people. Mm. And it's like they they are, right? And so I think for us, it's it's not a it's not about knowing a whole bunch of information that doesn't serve you. But if you have Jehovah's Witness in your community, you know, it wouldn't hurt you to familiarize yourself mm. with what they believe and why they believe it and see how the con and see how the Bible kind of contradicts what they believe in order to give truth to them. Mm. Um, not all, not only that, I think one of the things that, you know, I, I, I've been trying to explain for a couple of years and which is the reason why I was able to, I'm glad I was able to write it out is I think a lot of times people underestimate the power of getting to like truly know the person that's in front of them. Mm -hmm. Cause I think a lot of times we think about knowledge only mm. and we don't think about the person. And so when Jesus was engaging, cause Jesus was an evangelist, right? When Jesus wasn't in, in, you know, engaging with the world, he didn't merely just come and give them knowledge. But he asked good questions mm. and he, he asked good questions because Jesus is modeling there. If you ask a Jehovah's witness or Mormon or Hebrew Israelite or whatever, a good question, they will teach you how to serve them. And so that's one thing that I learned about evangelism. It's it's not necessarily having all the right answers, but sometimes it's about asking the right questions. Mm. Um, and yeah, and so that's what I've learned. And so like, I think a lot of times we, when, we, um, when we see a Jehovah's Witness in our minds, we think, oh, we have to be prepared to always give a right answer. It's like, Okay, if you're not prepared, get prepared. Mm. But the way you get prepared is by engaging. Mm. I think people think sometimes I have to like learn, learn, learn. Yeah. But it's like, no, what I did was after the Lord had to correct me about some things about my heart, after that happened, I went out and talked to Jehovah's Witnesses. When I saw them, I talked to them. Yeah. They taught me how to serve them. Oh. And so what do you mean when you say that they taught me how to serve them? So I asked questions not to give an answer or not to have a debate. I asked questions. I understood. I went back home and I read my Bible. Then I went back home and studied their, what they believed. And then I went back home and studied Charles Taze Russell, the man who started the Jehovah's Witnesses. Then I went back home and read the New World Translation. And when I saw another Jehovah's Witness, I asked questions like, why do you, why do you believe that? Mm. Prayed about it, went back home, studied. You know, and, I, and throughout the years, I became so familiar with what they believe. Now when I engage mm -hmm. with them, I have a framework for what they believe. Mm. Now I know how to serve them truth, right? Uh, and so I think sometimes we always think that we have to have an answer. But it's like, no, are you asking good questions? Because I think I truly believe that people wow. will teach you how to serve them. You know, um, and so that's what I that's what I do. Like it's a, it's another religion uh, that's kind of forming in yeah, um, in Atlanta, it's called the the mother religion, and so they believe that God is a woman, and um, they're growing heavy. So when I see them, I just you know I see them. Sometimes I have a, a property out in, in a city. I go out there, and they always on the corner. I go out and ask them questions, and sometimes I just listen, and I say, hmm, okay. And I know one day God will use me <laughs> to 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 give one of them truth. You know what I mean? And so like we don't always have to have an answer. 
If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. I think that's so good because I think the fear, you nailed it when you talked about that a lot of times as Christians, we might be afraid of other religions for a couple of reasons that I can think of, and you can probably add some. I think we're afraid we won't say the right thing. Mm-hmm. We're afraid that they'll win, quote unquote, the argument, you know, and then we'll walk off with our tail between our legs. Yeah. Or maybe we are just afraid that we might not be able to give an account for what we believe. And 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 there's that as well. Um, yeah. So what is your encouragement to to the listeners that, I mean, I'm thinking like, it's weird because you, you, you seem to be surrounded by a lot of Jehovah's Witness. Is that true? 
Uh, well, it's a lot of Jehovah's Witness in Atlanta. Okay. Um, they, they, they're, they're everywhere. I think Jehovah's Witness are university everywhere. They don't discriminate yeah. against any name yeah. when they're in the airport. But I'm mostly around Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, and Hebrew Israelites. And so those okay. are three religions. And, you know, occasionally, uh, you know, um, some Mormons might be in our community. Uh-huh. So, which I've engaged with them on my YouTube channel as well. Um, but yeah, um, those, those three religions are, 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 are the, religious engagement the most and so i think the encouragement i would give to someone is one you don't have to know a whole bunch about every single religion if you are called to reach the reach the religion that's in your close proximity um familiarize yourself with what they believe you know i I was I, i tell people all the time that i was invited to sit amongst um some of the most like the world's most leading apologists and like they, I was shocked that I was invited. I'm like, well, the black kid himself had a struggle <laughs> here. And what shocked me was they they were like teaching me about Hebrew Islamism, what teaching me about the nation of Islam. And in my mind, I'm thinking they know all they they know about mm-hmm. every single religion in the world. But one, they they're great at what they do is because they didn't spend a lot of time studying people or studying religions that they will never be engaged with, that they will never be in contact oh, with. Yeah. And so I think if you have a Mormon that lives next to you, don't knock yourself out trying to study the Muslim faith. Mm-hmm. Like, be evangelistic if you if you feel like you're called. Also, too, um, don't be afraid of looking like you're not knowledgeable because knowledge shouldn't be the leading factor. Love is. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Love should be the leading factor. Like, we, we should do it because we love people. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like. When we find our, our identity in the information we know and not the God that we know, we'll treat people like projects instead of image bearers. Mm-hmm. And so for me, love always, like, I always ask myself, what am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing this for? Um, two, um, you, you don't have to know as much as you think that you know. Um, believe it or not, most people in other religions are not scholars. They just have a they just have a framework because mm-hmm. I think that's what we think we have to be scholars. But it's like if you are um, at Harvard, you know, debating uh, a, a Jehovah's Witness scholar, then that, that's a whole nother. Right. But the average Jehovah's Witness are just they're just faithful. They believe that they're faithful Christians, mm-hmm. like you believe that you're a faithful mm-hmm. Christian, and so they're not scholars. And so, do you know the God? Like, do you, do you believe the gospel? Mm. Do you know the gospel? And all you kind of have to do is kind of familiarize with yourself with what they know mm. and show them how the, the Bible, you know, contradicts what they know. Um, you know, and I, and I think it, it doesn't take as much work as I think people think that it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you, you, you know, the main things is who the person of Christ is, how do we obtain salvation, what is the gospel? Mm. I think those are the three things that we should keep in mind when giving the gospel to other religions, who, who the person of Christ is, that includes the triune God of scripture, all of that, learning how to articulate the triune God of scripture. Um, how do we take, uh, how do we obtain salvation? We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus and the gospel, knowing the gospel story that we were created by a great God. We fell from that perfection. 
Um, after we fell from their perfection, God sent his son into the world to die for all sins, to take our righteousness and to take our sin and, and give us his righteousness. And then he gave us his Holy Spirit to come inside of us, to dwell in the hearts of the believers, empower them to, to, to live out the gospel. That is the gospel story. And so most religions fundamentally get Jesus wrong. They, they believe that he was a prophet or archangel, but they deny that he was the Messiah or God in flesh. Most religions believe that they're not saved by grace through faith. They, they believe that they're saved by their works. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the Christian you know, doctrine gives a, a firm foundation of that, and they don't know what the gospel mm-hmm. is. And so I think that if we just kind of get what we know mm-hmm. now, we can we can then be able to adequately serve them with the truth mm. and say yeah you know and so that's all I do and I I don't I don't try to go down rabbit trails that won't lead to nothing I want to reach them and I know if they believe that they're saved by works it's like no Ephesians says that we're saved by grace through faith that it's not about works that any man can boast this word was written thousands of years before what you believe was was written so can we can we wrestle with that. And so, like, I think, yeah, I think we kind of will alleviate a lot of pressure if we just stick with the basics. I love that. It's so encouraging because people are listening going, okay, I believe those basics. I know those basics. I can do this. Um, Okay, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but I want to ask you, do you have, like, for someone who's listening and they might think either they have a Jehovah's Witness that lives next door or a Mormon family that lives next door or a Muslim family that lives next door. Do you have specific questions that you like to ask to start those conversations or do you have specific questions depending on the religion? How how do you enter into that space? Yeah. Yeah. And so one, I think it's a difference between you running across a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon or a Hebrew Israelite or Muslim and you feel like you just have like one opportunity to have a conversation with them, opposed to you knowing one personally, you have the the right and the proper time to build a relationship with them. I think sometimes I think Jesus does both. I think Jesus walks with people, and I think that Jesus gives the gospel to people right there on the spot that he probably never saw again, like the woman at the well. That was evangelism, right? Mm-hmm. And so he 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 did both, and I think that God is calling disciples to do both. Um, but some of the questions that I ask, um, you know, is one, I introduce myself and I, I learn people names. Mm. I think, I think people really underestimate the the power of truly learning people names, making eye contact with people, um, sincerely, like from the onset, letting people know that you care. My grandmother used to say, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Right. And then instead of going right into theology, um, you know, I introduce myself as a Christian and then I ask them you know, um, what made them become a Jehovah's Witness? And I think that question is so important on what made them become a, a Mormon. Because I think that I think what, that question is so important because every human being is searching for something, mm-hmm. right? And we all have different um, ways in which we, we got to where we're at, where we're at right? And so um, some people have told me in the past, I became a Jehovah's Witness because I grew up in the Christian church and they rejected me. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, now instead of just hitting them with theology, I know in my mind mm-hmm. that I just, I'm, my goal is not to really give them theology. My goal is to show them a different version of Christianity mm-hmm. that they saw before. Right. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> like, and, and, and then some people might say, well, I grew up in, you know, um, I grew up in this. And so now I know I'm, I'm what type of mind I'm working with, what type of heart I'm working with. They don't know other truth mm. than, than this one. And so, I, you know, I ask those questions to try to get a, 
a sense of where they at so I can know how to best serve them. Um, and then I think when it comes to just the theology questions is I know certain questions, uh, if, unless the Lord kind of leads me a different way. I know certain questions that, that they know that I already know. The thing I love about Jesus is that he asked questions that he already knew the answer to. Mm-hmm. When the woman at the well, when he asked the woman at the well, where's your husband? He knew she had five, mm-hmm. right? And so what he's trying to do, he's asking questions to reveal, you know, um, to reveal like the contradiction in, in their heart or the, the error in their heart. He wants them to come up with their own conclusion about the contradiction. And so for me, I know Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus is not uh, God in the flesh. They don't believe that he, they believe that he is a created being, particularly Michael the Archangel. And so when I ask the Jehovah's, who do you, who do you, who do you believe Jesus is? Oh, well, I believe that Jesus is God's son. Okay. Do you believe that he's, you know, God in the flesh? No, I don't believe he's God in the flesh. Why not? Because the Bible says that he's the mark of the archangel. And I say, you know, well, can, you know, you read something with me? Um, I tell them to turn to, turn to Hebrews um, 1, starting at the fifth verse, where it says, uh, for which of God's angels did he ever say, you are a son, today I have begotten you, and I should be to him a father, and he should be to me a son. Then he goes on to say, when he brings his firstborn into the world, he said, let all God's angels worship him, mm-hmm. right? And so I say right here, the scripture is basically asking a rhetorical question. Jesus, the, the God has said he has never called an angel a son, but over and over again, you know, he refers to Jesus as the only begotten son of God. So how can Jesus be an angel when he never called an angel a son? I ask another question. Now they're faced with the truth. You believe that he's Michael the Archangel here in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It says that he's that God has never called an angel a son, right? Um, you know, and so now, you know, they're, they're faced with the truth. And sometimes they say, well, I have to think about that. Well, sometimes they try to, you know, go to another scripture. But I, I feel like, and, then, and when they can't answer the question, I don't beat them over the head. That's, that's important. Mm. I let them sit with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and my job is not to bring people. My, my job is not to make people make a decision. My job is to bring people to a decision. And so I just try to ask good questions so they can think about things in a way that they've never thought about before. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm. That's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I think it's so good because you're, what you're telling us, Preston, is you're relieving a lot of pressure from us. We're, we, we know that we're not sent here to save anyone. Like That is the, the work of the Holy Spirit. That is God, and the Father, and the Son that can do that work in us. And so us, really, we're called to, to love people and to listen well. And you are showing us how to do that with people of different religions. And it's so helpful. 
I think this is really great for after you've released this book, Preston, I think you should write a book towards youth. Okay. So I'm just going to throw that out there for you. You should write a book towards youth and how do they stay true to their faith when all around them are different religions that are, that are coming at them from a youth point of view. So there you go. That's, that's what I'm pitching. I you. actually, I actually am. No uh, way. I'm so serious. So, um, my book, the book, I'm, I'm, and I'm probably going to be back. My, I'm pretty sure my publisher is going to reach back out to you. You're and say, welcome Compressing to the happy company. hour. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my book, my book is called How to Tell the Truth. Um, and so I don't even want to prom- like, like promote promote it now because it's like next year. But um, we're also coming out with a teen curriculum for the book, and also a teen video curriculum for the book. That is so um, good. Teaching people how to how to do that in um, teenage form. And so like, uh, yeah, I think it's needed. I, I think it's so needed. I love it. Well, if you need to send any videos to let parents give you feedback on, you just send them over here to the IVs. We got all these kids. We just, we just give you some feedback on there. Speaking of kids, Preston, we have, uh, my kids have been, I don't want to use the word surrounded, but they have had a lot of friends around them that are Mormon. And I don't really have a question for this. It's kind of, it's not funny by any means, but it's just a story that I remember when my oldest was probably in, I don't know, third, fourth grade, he came home from school and his best friends were twins and they were Mormon and they had given him the Book of Mormon. And I literally was like, your dad's a pastor. We're Christians. I was freaking out, Preston. Like my son was about to abandon the faith as a third grader, and he was going to become more. I was like, "That's me. I'm going to go to the extremes." Okay, but Aaron and I had a conversation, and what I wanted to do was, I wanted to like, "No, you can't bring this in this house. This is terrible." Da da da. da. But Aaron and I talked, and we we instead said, let's just talk with Caden about it. Like, let's have conversations about it. So we did not scream, your friends are terrible. We didn't scream all these things. We allowed him to keep it. Now, I did eventually throw it out a couple of years later when I was cleaning his room because I was like, I don't know. But I didn't freak out. And I remember in that moment thinking like, God, you're so much bigger than than what's going on right here. And you're so much bigger than this Bible that's in our house that I believe is false truth. You're so much bigger. And we just had conversations with him about it. But I remember that moment of freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I think you're, you're freaking out is a a natural response, you know? Um, And I, I wouldn't freak out if I, if I, if I saw my kids do it, but I would definitely be alarmed. Like, Oh, what are you learning? Mm -hmm. And I think that, the, the world has so many voices trying to earn their worship, you know? And so I think that we have to be alert mm-hmm. and aware uh, about what our kids are ingesting. And, you know, because the world is, the world is going to try to disciple and evangelize to them in the mm-hmm. same way we're, we're, we're called to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, like I, I have kids right now. And what I, what I try to do my best is I try not to be like a reactionary parent. Mm-hmm. Cause I think sometimes I can, God has really been challenging me to know, talk to your kids uh-huh. consistently. Um, and so I'm always challenging them on, you know, that what they believe and why they believe it. And so when they get out in the world, it won't be a shock yeah. to them. Yeah. It's so you good. Know? Um, but I think it's, I think, I think it's needed. I uh, will say this too, for somebody on here who, who, um, um, cause I think the Mormon faith is growing. A great resource is uh, a book was well, kind of like a little small pamphlet. You get it on, um, on, um, 
uh, Amazon is called Where Does It Say That? And it basically gives you a list of uh, uh, a lot of the false prophecies, mm. uh, fraud predictions of the LDS um, prophets and elders throughout time from the Book of Mormon to the Pro of Great Price to the Doctrine of Covenants. And so that kind of gives you a framework of what they believe and why they believe. And so it says, it's called, where does it say that? That's a good resource. I'm about to order that right now. Thank you for that. Well, Preston, I'm really grateful for your encouragement today. And I can't wait for your book, How to Tell the Truth, to come out in 2024. And I'll definitely have you back on the happy hour to talk about that. But just really grateful for your encouragement um, because I think it can feel scary to a lot of people to have these conversations um but yeah, you're leading girl. the way and you're helping you're helping people make those um conversations happen through listening and loving and learning and being a friend thank you well i really appreciate it thank you it's always a pleasure to be on james seriously you guys, I want to remind you that we are in our September book club, and I would love it if you wanted to join us. It's easy to join. Just go to jamieivy.com slash Patreon. If you can't find that link, it's in the show notes. We can get it for you. It's $10 a month. We'd love to have you be a part of our book club. For that $10, you get a book before it's released. You get a digital copy of that. You get an exclusive conversation with the author where you can ask questions and interact. You also get every single episode of the happy hour ad free. And so go check that out, jamieivy.com slash Patreon. So right now we're reading a book by Tessa Afshar. And Tessa was a guest on our show this past summer on the happy hour. She was a part of our encounter series and she shared her story of coming to know Jesus. Well, she's written a lot, a lot of books and she has a new book that comes out November 7th and it's called The Peasant King. I'm so excited to read this book alongside the other people in our book club, which I'd love it if you were there. Anyhow, that is our September book club. We're getting it early. It's a digital download that you can read on your Kindle, on your computer, on your phone, however you read digital books. And then it comes out to the real world in November 7th. So come join us. We'd love to have you. It's jamieivy.com slash Patreon. We'd love to have you. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell, and the show is edited by Jason Talley. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.